Hello, James. James. Oh, my God. Hi. London calling. I hate to say it, but even though I am trying my best to sound festive and full of energy, I'm actually feeling a little tired and run down today. Oh, no. Oh, I've got an idea. I was reading about Megan's spa-themed weekend girls getaway. Wait. Wait, how is this supposed to make me feel better? Because Megan is off having fun at a spa and I'm dealing with daylight savings time? Yeah, but I'm hosting my own galcation. We're having a spa-themed girlfriend getaway at Soho Farmhouse (laughs) as well, so we can lounge in the five-star hotel, have our facials and massages, just like Megan and her friends did. Oh, and there's a steamy-looking lake with the most perfect rowboats floating in it. And I went there once and fell in the lake. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh, really? Like Hugh Grant oh in Bridget gosh. Jones, like it actually happened. <laughs> it was so embarrassing. So oh you'll have to hold gosh. on to me if we go in the lake. Oh, well, just the thought of it is rejuvenating me already. Does that mean you're maybe ready to start this week's episode? Absolutely, absolutely. I'm Kristen Meinzer, a lifelong royals enthusiast based in the US. And I'm James Barr, a ginger, royal-loving Harry fan in the UK. And you're listening to When Meghan Met Harry, a royal wedding cast. In each episode, we examine the latest news about the wedding, do a deep dive into a pressing issue about the royal couple, and finally give our prediction for what we think will happen at the wedding itself. Shall we get into this week's headlines, James? Let's get into it. Okay, so last week we mentioned the couple's plans to visit Birmingham on International Women's Day, and the visit did not disappoint. We all got to watch, and as always, Harry and Meghan were a delight to see in public. E! News reported on a very special moment of the visit in which Harry met a 10-year-old schoolgirl in the crowd named Sophia Richards, and Harry said to Sophia what did she want to do when she grew up. It turned out that Sophia is an aspiring actress, and Harry knew exactly who to introduce Yes, obviously he brought Sophia right over to meet Megan, and Sophia told reporters afterward, quote, Megan told me that I can achieve whatever I want to achieve, and Megan said she would like to see me on TV when I become an actress. It was a dream come true. I will never forget this day. Oh, Uh, why can't Megan tell us all that we can achieve whatever we want to achieve? (laughs) I feel that she is telling us all that in her own way. I feel that she's saying that to all of us. She really is. I will be a florist in Italy one day. (laughs) There's also a story about the way that Megan and Harry held hands on the visit. The Daily Star asked a body language expert to weigh in on what they called unusual behavior, claiming that she wasn't as affectionate with Harry. Judy James, who's a body language expert, expert told the Daily Star she does seem to be walking with a slightly larger spatial gap holding his hand close to her own torso but fear not Judy also told them I'd see these as a form of distancing gestures but not with any relationship connotations more defining of brand Megan as an independent and confident individual when it comes to the real job of supporting causes sass sass. I mean, I added sass sass, I should just say. I should just say. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, we applaud Megan for again wearing a truly wonderful pair of Alexander Wang trousers for this public appearance. And Racked.com has noticed this and dubbed Megan the princess of pants. But hold on, just note here, doesn't pants mean something different? in the UK. Isn't that like underwear? It is. Yeah. <laughs> We've yet to see her in her underwear except on suits. <laughs> At no royal event has she been out in just her pants. Yet. Actually. Yet. <laughs> yet. Okay, James, I don't want to alarm you, but did you hear that Meghan Markle was mock kidnapped 
this weekend. Our friends at the Daily Mail tell us she spent the weekend with Harry in Hertfordshire undergoing some intense SAS, that secret <laughs> armed service training. SAS. They it's not, used, it's not. Yes, SAS is back. <laughs> SAS is everywhere in this episode. They used live ammo so she knows what gunfire sounds like. And she was reportedly kidnapped and treated like a hostage. She was likely taught how to deal with such a situation, forming a relationship with her full captors to encourage them to see her as a person, not just as a pawn. And despite the fact that she knew this was only a training, one SAS officer told the Daily (laughs) Mail that it is, quote, physically and psychologically grueling experience to go through this. And despite that, she looks pretty happy, though, in the photos released. Did you see those photos? She looked great. She was having a whale of a time with all that SAS. (laughs) She was wearing a very cute army green vibe. Um, Fear not, though. Megan is actually under 24-7 guard anyway, and reportedly 30 SAS elite troops will be guarding the wedding. That's a lot of troops. That's a lot of people. Thank goodness, though. She needs to be protected. I know. I was going to say that. Yeah, totally. Love, Megan. Oh, I mean, obviously, everyone knows that. I love Megan. Why Why did I just say that? I'm so sorry. Can we? We all love her. <laughs> you know what? It's never too much. It's never too just much to say we love Gushing Meghan. so much today. Next up, the Daily Mail has the exclusive scoop on Meghan's secret baptism. The Queen of England, Mm. of course, is the head of the Church of England. And whilst it's no longer a requirement for Meghan to convert to Anglicanism to join the royal family, she still went through with a baptism ritual anyway. Apparently, she decided to do it out of respect for Her Majesty the Queen. It took place at a service in Chapel Royal at St. James's Palace, and it was conducted by the Archbishop of Canterbury. St. James this palace is also where Harry's mum, Princess Diana's body lay for a week before her funeral. The event was guarded and secret. Prince Charles and his wife Camilla were there and of course Prince Harry was also there. William and the Queen were not there. Holy water from the River Jordan was poured on Meghan's head from the private royal family font and I just find this, this whole thing so magical especially as the Archbishop of Canterbury is the guy, the dude that's going to get them wed. This seems like such a big deal. I mean, I have to say, I don't know if I would do that myself if I would really? go to another religion. Why? I don't know if I would. So I'm I, I'm kind of wowed that she's doing this. I think it's really lovely that she has. Okay. The next headline comes from Jezebel, and this is too much. We've saved this one for Kristen to read out. You may not know this. Perhaps you do. Megan has a bitch older half-sister, Samantha. I don't know if we've mentioned that every week on the show, but she does. And, of course, her bitch older half-sister, Samantha, is back in the news. But this time, there is a twist. This time, it's Samantha's ex-husband, Scott Rasmussen. And he's spoken up about Samantha. And if you couldn't guess, he doesn't like her that much. Snap, snap to Scott. None of us do, Scott. None of yeah, us like we're her. we're all with you, Scott. <laughs> he called Samantha, author of the forthcoming... No, you're not going to plug her book. You're not going to plug her book. <laughs> no, but I have to because you know what he said? He said Samantha is the pushy What, one. so the book's called The and... Diary of, a, of Princess Pushy's Sister? Yes, yes. And you know who's really pushy? Not Megan. It's Samantha. Yeah. Samantha, he said. And he said that she's the last person who should be at Windsor Castle. He also said your favorite thing in the world to say, James, <laughs> that she should be sent to the Tower of yes. London if she does try to show up in England on the big Wow. Day. I mean, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> My goodness. First, the older half-sister. Now the ex-husband of the older half-sister is doing doing it 
for attention. <laughs> what other family members are going to come out of the woodwork? Yeah, so much drama, guys. So much drama. <laughs> so much. Although I know you love them. You love their drama because it cracks you up every time. We need to get bitch older half-sister Samantha her own reality TV show, like for real. Then, <laughs> Right, the next big thing on Megan's calendar is coming. It's happening right now as we're recording our episode today. We're recording on Monday, March 12th, and Megan's taking part in a very special appearance with her future in-laws and the Queen. Yes, People Magazine tells us they will be attending a special church service together at Westminster Abbey to celebrate Commonwealth Day. This will be the first public appearance together for Meghan and the Queen. It's the largest interfaith gathering in the UK and brings together leaders from the Commonwealth countries. And Liam Payne from One Direction will be performing. I really don't get that. Do you think the Queen chose Liam? I mean, why would you not choose Zayn Malik? Hello? It's all about Zayn Malik. No, it's not. It's all about Harry. Come on. No. No, Harry Styles, you mean? No. Yeah, Harry Styles. No, it's about Prince Harry and Meghan and about Zayn Malik. I guess you couldn't have another Harry. You're right. Yeah, you can't have two Harrys, no. <laughs> They're also going to meet school children afterwards before attending a reception. People magazine says this shows Meghan's ability to get acclimated to the royal family very quickly and it shows how used to the public eye she is. Ugh. And finally, a quick update from our last episode. Apparently, this is very sad news, despite Mel B's hints... Mel C, a.k.a. Sporty Spice, says that the Spice Girls are not going to be at the royal wedding. Oh, my God, Mel's. Both of you, get your story straight. What is happening here? Did you see they're actually inviting grime star Stormzy to the wedding? What? That's been reported, yeah. Oh, my God. There's so much going on, right? I don't know who to believe anymore. I don't know who to believe. Just us. Just believe we us. Have, we've got the tea. Yeah. So let's take a quick break, but we'll be back with astrologer Russell Grant on today's deep dive to talk about what the planets are saying about the most important couple to ever walk our Earth. And we're back, and it's time for today's deep dive. A few weeks ago, a listener alerted us to a very stupid article from a fake psychic in Australia that said Meghan and Harry's marriage won't last. So we wanted to find out from someone who really does know this stuff to tell us what actually is going on in the moon and the stars. So we've got fabulous media personality, psychic, and astrologer to the royals, Russell Grant, on our podcast. Russell! James! You can find him online at russellgrant.com, on Twitter at the Russell Grant, and on Facebook at Russell Grant site with two S's and two L's. Russell, darling, thank you so much for joining Kristen and I. All right. Now, Russell, we just have to dive right into this. This is a very pressing issue that a lot of people are upset about. An Aussie psychic named Carrie Irwin said, quote, I'd probably give it five years. I feel there's a lot of individual things going on between them because they're too very strong individuals, speaking of Meghan and Harry. And uh, our listeners are outraged by this. Obviously, James and I are outraged by this. We want to know, as a real astrologer, Russell, what you think about that prediction. Where do I begin with this? The important thing is to understand, not just to go on sun signs. We know that Meghan is a Leo, and we know that Harry is a Virgo. Let's dip further into their actual astrological charts based on the date, time, and place of birth. There's a lot of Mars energy in these two, which is very, very powerful stuff. It's sexual, it's 
driven, it's ambitious. If I was looking at this chart as a love match, then I think your Aussie psychic may have something to go on. But I'm not. I'm looking upon this relationship as a partnership. And in which case, as a partnership, they have got a great deal to give to one another. And the important thing to understand, when you get anything Marsy in a chart, it's about ego and it's about the ability to compromise and work together as one. And if they do that, then they can go till death us do part. The important thing always to understand is that Megan has got to get used to Royal Protocol. And of course, Harry's mother, Diana, who I knew very well, fell foul and victim of that. And it was that that pushed her into a life that she had to create for herself. So as two people working together, this relationship can achieve great and wonderful and amazing things. If you're thinking in a modern contemporary way, this is a modern contemporary relationship. But if you're thinking of it as being romantic and wistful and all of the things that would be honey and roses and sitting by a fireside with slippers, forget it. Really? Mm-hmm. So one reason your predictions about the romance are very surprising to me is it seems that they're very sexy in public and in all of their pictures. That's, seem... well, that's what I mean, but romance isn't sex. Oh, it's not? Darn it. I've been no. doing it all wrong. <laughs> no. My goodness, when was the last time you were in a sexual relationship, honey? <laughs> Kristen's a married woman. <laughs> last night. Well, that's the trouble then. She's, she's totally, she's enraptured by romance. <laughs> no, they're not the same thing. Romance is Neptune and romance is Venus. Sex, passion is Mars. And they are all about sex and passion. And so, therefore, this relationship... In fact, I sent James an article that I I wrote in the British newspaper. I've got it. And it's very, very sexy. In fact, the very first word I use... What is it, James? Boom. (laughs) (laughs) It's so funny. No, you mentioned Mars a lot. Um, You've talked about how Harry's a sun Virgo and that his Mars is at 16 degrees. Sagittarius is linking her to showbiz sun in Leo at 12 degrees with a wide conjunction to romantic Neptune at 22 degrees. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I mean, I think he also said when they first met that the stars were aligned. And what you need to understand is don't mix love and romance up with love and sex because they're two very different things and this is all about love and sex i would think they would find it very hard to keep their hands off each other but the whole point is that this relationship has got a lot going for it it's active it's sexy it's sizzling it's torrid (laughs) it's all of the things that you need to get going on different adventures I mean, this this gal, you know, is full of adventure. She's full of, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And probably you see where the the Aussie psychic saw this um, combustible nature not working as a a duo, is that they will both have their own visions. 
and they both have their own goals and they will focus on them. And the important thing is if they work together on certain things, that's great, but they must also have their independence. They must also do the things that they want to do. You know what it's like in the first blush of love um, and of course, at the very beginning, there's something romantic about when you're first in a relationship, but let's just go further down the line. And that's when they both need to be able to do those sexy things. Sex isn't just about going to bed with another, but it's about doing something sexy with your life. It's about doing something that you feel passionate about. And that's where this relationship will work because it's all, it, you know, this relationship is, is as good a business relationship as it is to people who just want to jump into the sack together very often. <laughs> I'm really enjoying So they sound perfect. They sound perfect then under those definitions. I'm really enjoying how sexy and hot this is. Oh, yeah. it's so. I love that you use the word torrid. <laughs> <laughs> torrid's a good word, isn't it? Uh, wait, so also, Russell, you said that Meghan's Venus is in Virgo, which is which is Harry's sign. So that, therefore, is kind of proof. Yeah, well, that's what's so lovely. See, well, this is where, and this is where, James, compromise can come in. Because too much Mars means always I want it my way and I did it my way. Throw some Venus in and you have the softness. It's like a conditioner, a fabric conditioner. It takes a hard relationship and softens it. And so the Venus connection is also the love connection. That's why I make that difference between love sexy and love romantic, because the combination here is very, very, very good for you know, the ability to compromise over certain things. But we must never forget there are two individuals who've led different and separate lives over the years. And so therefore, it is very important they do the things that they want to do together, that they must also focus on individual achievements and accomplishments too. So Meghan's born the same day as Harry's great-grandmother, the Queen Mum, August the 4th, which seems like a very crazy coincidence. What does that mean? No, there's such things as coincidences, of course, there are, I suppose, in many ways. But his great-grandmother, who was very instrumental in my own success, uh, as I presented the chart to her back in 1978. She was a wonderful woman, very flamboyant. And the strange thing is, I remember saying to her in public, that if she wasn't the Queen Mum, she'd be a wonderful impresario and could work very much in theatre. <laughs> and here he is marrying an actress. Wow. Oh. This is a great Leo connection. Leo is the sign of theatre, of showbiz. And when you see the picture of me with the Queen Mum, which I've got, she's in this wonderful velvet hat. She was a big lover of huge hats. And I, I said to her, you know, Mum, if you weren't the Queen Mother, you'd probably be running the London Palladium. Maybe she'd be some fabulous impresario on Broadway. And she loved that because she said to me, quite so, quite so. <laughs> and that, that, that connection, you see, has now come forth the fact she's marrying an actress. So for me, wow. there is some kind of spiritual connection going on here. Some people might poo-poo that. Some people might think, oh, he's crazy. No, I think, because this is what I believe, that Harry needs 
love. He lost his mother in tragic circumstances. And I think that this link, the same birthday is August the 4th with his great-grandmother and his wife-to-be. I love it. I think this is a bonding, forging of spirits. And it's um, the past coming back into the future. Back to the future. Oh, I love this. I love that so much. Oh, I love it. I really it. think you can see that as well from their relationship and the way they speak and look at each other. It's, they're beautiful. Yeah, there is. Absolutely. Very strong connection. But what I love is the feistiness of it. <laughs> it's not all drippy and droopy. It's not all this kind of... Romance is great. But you know what? Romance and chivalry and being gallant it has a place, but in the end, if a couple's going to stay together, they need to achieve. They need to create something together, and you do that through enterprise and adventure and exploring each other's natures and forging ahead towards joint goals and individual goals. Can we just ask you, Russell, about the wedding date itself? They're getting married yeah, on May 19th. Oh, really? Why? Mm, I'm not happy about that. I mean, it's not serious, seriously bad, I mean. But I would have preferred to have had something, probably the week before would have been lovely. I think the problem here in Britain, of course, we've got a huge football known as soccer in the States final that day. So there are distractions. Not everybody's into football, of course. But nonetheless, it would have been better if they'd have had a separate date for practical reasons. Astrologically, a few days earlier would have just made a nicer connection in parts of their chart. There's nothing tragic, and I'm pretty sure that, you know, the the individual connections between the two of them will overcome the day. Because the day itself, when you when you elect a chart for the wedding day, you're talking about the day itself. And we know there's bound to be huge security, but it's going to be very difficult. I think I heard that locally in Windsor, there's going to be something like 10,000 cops on duty and security people. Well, that's practically the whole of the United Kingdom police force <laughs> heading down to Windsor. <laughs> you know? And, and, and what's going to happen over at Wembley, in my own county of Middlesex, where they've got a huge FA Cup final with about 90,000 people turning up. It's going to stretch. It wasn't well thought out, really. And that's just the practical way of looking at it for my country. A few days earlier, would have just perhaps made it a little bit easier on the infrastructure of the country. But for them as a couple, I think it'll be fine. Good. Well, I think for the world, it will be great, regardless of the day they get married. Regardless, we're all yeah, exactly. we're all cheering for them. It's, it's a spectacle because, because in, in, in the US and Canada and Australia and New Zealand and everywhere else, of course, the FA Cup final might not be as big an attraction uh, that day as, as, as Harry and Meghan. Although saying that, there's a lot of expats out there who would rather watch the football than the royal wedding. Send them to the tower. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right then. 
Again, you can find Russell online at russellgrant.com. That's two S's and two L's on Twitter at the Russell Grant and on Twitter at russellgrant.com as well for just his astrology. Thanks again so much, Russell. It's been my pleasure. Thank you for making a dull afternoon sunny. We have to take a break, but stick around. We'll be back in just a minute with our prediction. And we're back with this week's Royal Wedding Prediction. Tell us, James, what is the prediction this week? Wow, this is really exciting for me. I love this week's prediction. And it's so happening. Megan's vows will not include the word obey. Yes, Megan. Go, Obviously, Megan. You are not going to obey your <laughs> husband. Even I don't care if he has a fancy job title. You are not obeying him. And she's not going to say yes to that. No. I have to be honest. I really think a lot of wedding tradition is a load of BS. Like, how dare you have to say you obey a man? Yeah. I mean, she's worked very hard. She has her own money. She has her own career. She has her own fame. Why would she have to obey him? It makes no One sense. One should only have and, to and obey And she's themselves. not a child. Absolutely. She's not his... You, you know who you obey? Your mom and dad when they say don't cross the street. Or your mom and mom. Or your dad and dad. Depending on what your family makeup <laughs> is. Maybe it's your grandma. Whoever raised you, maybe you obey them. But no, no. You do not obey your husband. You don't no. do that. And no. this is obviously a, a nod to her late mother-in-law, Princess Diana, because she notably changed the vows to not say the word obey as well. I love that Princess Di did Me that. Too. That was so great. You know, she was just a kid at the time. She was 19 when she and Charles got engaged. She was 20 when they got married. And even at that young age, she knew, I'm not obeying this old dude. I am not going to obey this guy. Not doing it. Not doing it. And to bring Kristen, it back full circle, wow. Megan is not going to obey Harry. Oh, my God. Nope. No, no, Charles, no. Charles, his, his ears are going bright red right now because you're talking about him. You're coming for him so hard. Weirdly, I do kind of like Camilla. So now I'm probably going to get a load of hate I know mail. You I don't do. know where that's coming from. I know. From. You, you love Camilla. No, I just think there's something really awesome about the fact that she's just stayed in the background and not tried to steal attention. Do you know what I mean? She's just... It's okay. She already stole the husband. She doesn't need to steal attention. Oh, did I say oh, that? Snap. Oh, snap. Oh, snap. Um, going back to our prediction, <laughs> Kate also followed Diana's footsteps when she married William, which is beautiful. Yes. It just makes sense. So yes. that's our prediction. No need to obey. No yeah, obeying. No obey. <laughs> yes, no obeying. And that's it for this episode of When Megan Met Harry. When Megan Met Harry is produced by Her Royal Highness Lindsay Cradwell. Thanks also to Ryan Dilly, Baron of the London Studio. And as always, thanks to Andy Bowers, Archduke of Panoply. Have your own predictions to share? We'll add them to our bingo board for the Royal Wedding Day itself. Send us an email at whenmeganmetharry at panoply.fm or tweet us at Royal Wedding Pod. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, leave us a review and tell all your hashtag Hegan watchers and Anglophiles about our podcast so we can spread the Meghan and Harry love. Until next time, I'm Kristen Meinzer, a very sexy Capricorn. And I'm James Barr, a very romantic Virgo. Romance is like flowers and you're pretty and let me open that door Ugh, for no you. And I'm getting you some chocolates and 
Um, and then sex is like, yeah, I want that. I want that. (laughs) You are going to obey. Oh, yes, I will. I think in that sense, it's totally fine to obey. (laughs) Unless, of course, you don't want it, in which case, say a safe word. 